1: Great to have you in a Monday edition of Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. Numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240. You can email the show, Chris, at HaleVarsity.com. And always submit your thoughts, questions, feedback, reaction on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. can watch the show there. Also, follow along Hale Varsity Radio at HVarsity Radio on Twitter. Do it that way if you want to submit things, KFOR Facebook and Twitter as well. can find Elijah on Twitter at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal and at Schmidt underscore radio. Weekend was good, bad, or ugly, Elijah? How was it? Did you brace for the week of heat? It is gross outside. Many of you are bemoaning it because either you're coaching your little ones with youth football or you remember those dog days of camp, Nebraska having their off day uh, with uh, day one of school with classes starting back at Nebraska. And they got to have a little breakfast and enjoy the new digs. The new facilities look absolutely incredible. Husker football dropping that. On Twitter a little earlier today super impressive and then uh, of course you've got all of the amenities there to make you happy and healthy and presumably go get wins on Saturday
2: yeah uh, the facility is beautiful my weekend was beautiful Uh, I mean what more could you ask for I I, uh, got to watch Tottenham Hotspur favorite soccer team they got the win over Manchester United on Saturday Uh, then we got to watch UFC Saturday night Sean O'Malley out of nowhere to take the uh, the belt over Aljamain Sterling. That was awesome. And then on Sunday, got some breakfast with my family. Did a little shopping and, uh, and refreshed the fall wardrobe and then capped it all off with my, <laughs> my dad calling me. Or I guess texting me on Sunday afternoon uh, about a tree that fell by his house. And he's like, I'm going to I'm gonna go cut it up and, and haul it for free firewood. You want to
1: do some chainsawing?
2: Oh no! He got to do all the chainsaw. I got to do all the hauling. I got to do oh. the picking up of logs and putting them in the back of his truck for this tree that was probably damn near hundred years old. So it's just heavy as. So all a moment of
1: silence for the tree,
0: though.
2: Yeah, the tree's seen a, a whole bunch. It it got a little rotten on the bottom, kind of fell into the street and blocked all the traffic. So we're gonna do our good deed of the day. We're gonna take our free firewood and open up the traffic. And uh, we. So you move. So you did some some city maintenance work yeah here's the thing uh we get to the end and it was so hot and humid yesterday that we're so tired at the end uh that we said screw it the city can reopen the rest of the street we got the firewood that we need oh wow (laughs) so you uh you you tapped out just a touch just a touch but we got all the firewood that we'll need for this winter into the summer all the camping firewood I'll need it was a it was a hard day's work but we got it done and uh, I think that's that's a, a good metaphor for fall camp as well. A hard days work, but you get it done, and you're, you're, you're better for it in the end.
1: It, it makes you better. It makes you more uh, strong and uh, able to persevere. Uh, you'll need it this week with uh, all the, uh, the temps being what they are. So I took Junior to eat Chinese before we get into football, and in typical fashion, instead of ordering just one entree to split – we now have two to-go boxes in the fridge because of just the sheer amount. Mm. Been looking for a good Chinese joint. We found it. Kind of stumbled upon it not far and it's really in the location of our old favorite Chinese joint. So, yeah, it was it was pretty awesome, but it, that is still with me even today where I just tried to match how much food a 16-year-old can take down. Usually I'm I'm all right with that and uh, yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's been treadmill and more treadmill time. See, and I'm, I'm trying to go through my Rolodex of Chinese places in town. Cause you and I are
2: both enthusiasts of sort of, we love of take out Chinese food. And in terms of portions that you can't finish, I assume for a reasonable price.
1: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I took him and, and, and his little friend, Emma and the, the soup. I we're, we're nuts. but we order hot and sour soup when it's 87% humidity outside yesterday. Mm -hmm. And it's still awesome because hot and sour soup's the best thing ever. But they bring you a giant vat of it. It's not individual soup bowls. So I've got hot and sour soup. I still got to take that. I think I know which place you're talking about. We we can
2: discuss off air, but I think I know which place you're talking about because it's it's up there on my list. And
1: it's I, I judge, okay, how well does a place do a hamburger? Uh, how good is a place is special and for me juniors like I go to the egg rolls well egg rolls were on point he says mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't get my hands in there with those two because those those are all theirs right uh, and, and the hot and sour soups how I judge. Well, it's hot
2: and sour for you. For me,
1: it's both chicken lo mein or sweet and sour chicken. Okay, well done. 489-1240. Uh, if you're calling to say, get the hell into football talk. We're we're working on that. Get to some emails as well. Some leftover emails from the weekend edition show. Uh, we appreciate everyone uh, submitting and chiming in on that. But uh, gonna start off, and we'll have some comments from from Matt Rule. Schmidty. Before as well. we get there, we have Kindle and I want to talk some Chinese food. Kendall, thank you for hey, your input. Uh, what do you got? Got a great recommendation. Great family, great food. Very clean kitchen. It's Chopsticks on A Street,
3: uh, kind of near the venue. And yeah, the yeah, yeah, stage. yeah.
1: Clock Tower, right? near
3: near the All top
2: of my money. list.
1: Okay. Fresh food, fresh food, lots of it. Uh, good price and and great people. Hey. Candle, thanks, man. We should just you bet. we should deem a segment free shout out Monday. Candle, <laughs> <laughs> candle. I've had chopsticks before, and it's it's good, really good. It's 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 in my Lincoln top three. Chopsticks is so free shout out Monday. There we go.
2: Yeah, we, we didn't say it, but because we have a caller, and we'll say it. No, that's, so. fine, that's this, fine. This is become a segment now where local businesses are going to call in. Yeah, those guys
1: over at. Elijah's got a, a form for you to sign for a six month guarantee. <laughs> once we get the, uh, the digital signature, shout out away, right? Uh, once, you, once you sign the business contract. But no, just like uh, full disclosure uh, Matt's like General Tau chicken. General Sows.
2: General So's chicken.
1: Is it Zo? Yeah, General So. Okay, I thought it was Tau. I don't know where I get tau out of that. Forgive me. I know. I didn't take but Chinese in high school. Me neither. Uh, Matthew's like, okay, the, the general's chicken is the measuring stick. Agreed. That's fair. For me, I'm, I'm an orange chicken guy. And the old place we used to go used to be on O Street, and then it used to be uh, in Alamo Center was Vincent's Hunan's, Hassan Hunan's. Mm. then there was one over there on, on uh, I think he had three locations. He had one on kind of over by Westland. I not uh, I need uh, Omaha recommendations for when we roadie up that way as well. Because we like, we like Chinese food.
2: One final thought on this. Are you team egg roll or team Cry Rangoon? Oh, It's always, I eat both. Of course, of course. And, and, and it's then, deep fried goodness. As, I'm not going to turn them down. As a, as a
1: kid, it was always the egg roll with gallons of the, the sweet sauce. Yep, yep. Until dad made me try the mustard sauce one time, and it was a 4 two forty to the can.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: and then I, then I grew up and I shifted to. Crab Rangoon.
2: You know, I'm with you. I'm not going to turn either down, but I'm the same. Growing up, it was always the egg roll, and then I got a little older, and that cream cheese yes. filling <laughs>
1: inside the crab Rangoon. Ooh, oh, it's boy. so good. Yeah, and, and Junior's like, hey, old man, you're not going to like these. They're mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Junior. Duly noted. So, pretty interesting stuff from Joel Klatt. We'll have to ask Joel when we talk to him, Colorado Week, what um, where he likes to eat Chinese in, in Boulder. All right, we'll just tie this in, four eight nine twelve forty. 1240 But Joel Klatt weighs in on Nebraska. Klatt's got his own podcast. Clatt's kind of your face of college football, for sure, with Fox, with Big Noon, him and Gus. And they'll be on the call for Boulder. Um, but Klatt dove in to Nebraska, and you've got a, a little bit of a comparison With Nebraska and CU and both programs, very proud. Nebraska clearly with more history. But Colorado, you know, about two and a half decades removed from uh, dominance or at least excellence. and, And Nebraska not far removed from that same era. It was always the big game of the year in the Big Eight or the Big 12, specifically the North. And after boatloads of coaching changes, both teams find themselves uh, shaken and stirred a little bit, but Colorado's on another coach, and they're off a 1-11 in season. So we talk about resurrection, and uh, you have this respectable national level. I think the the aim and expectation for Nebraska, first and foremost, is to always be a top 25 program, right? Be what Wisconsin has been, at least ranked, be what Iowa's been for more years than not. It's not that Iowa doesn't have a down year. It's not that you can't have a down year in college football because programs have had them. USC's had an underwhelming, underachieving year. Texas has had a, a slew of them despite their recruiting rankings. Florida has been off uh, since they, they keep ejecting coaches. Florida State seems to have stabilized a little bit. Miami's on another coach. But think of these name and mainstay programs, guys. And and Nebraska is, is one of them. But, I mean, we're talking about 10 years. 10 years since a top 25 finish. Uh, 10 straight years outside that top 25. And with Nebraska, uh, you look at, at the cultural part. That, to me, is what... Matt Rule Elijah has identified and absolutely attacked and he is first and foremost trying to build confidence but the way they're building confidence isn't just through the words it's through the actions of how we're going to practice and I'm not part of the football team but I'm I'm imagining a quote from Rule saying here's how we're going to practice and that is going to gets you ready so you're a good tackling football team. That's going to get you ready so you're good at running the football on third and short. That's going to get you ready uh, when it comes to covering a kick late in the fourth quarter game in East Lansing and not get okie-doked with uh, double safeties back for a punt return. It's the it's the detail and then the, the drilling of said detail. It's the fundamentals and it's the reps you're going to keep and continually get if you're Nebraska, first through fifth team. So you're ready. The the depth question, you just kind of end up plugging and playing. And you know what? It it runs itself because of this culture. And with Nebraska, you just did not have, with the last two staffs, I'm going to go dual here, uh, the accountability portion of it. Some guys were accountable to themselves. Some guys were accountable to their teammates. But if you bet on the fact that the majority of your football team is Amir Abdullah, where you're self-motivated, that's, that's a long shot bet with 18 to 22-year-olds. Instead, be hands-on, have a plan, and communicate and connect with your kids. You do that, and then they see it work. you got to have that moment to see it work. And then things can get stabilized, all right. But with Nebraska right now, you look at uh, the, 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 the choice A or the choice B, the instant success or the slow grind. Nebraska could have instant success with what they've done in the portal. They could have a really, wow, where the hell did that come from season one? I don't think we're all betting on it just because of history and really, honestly, where Nebraska's at, despite a more manageable schedule this year, it's still not easy. Uh, the the slow grind is going to be the slow and steady that wins the race. And that's, to me, why I think uh, when we talk about uh, the, the monumental task for for Nebraska and Matt Rule, Joe Klatt touches on in his podcast, yeah, it, it's, it, it could take some time. And I think as a Nebraska fan <laughs> – you're not, you want it now. I totally get it. but you understand it can't always happen that quick. It can't be Urban Meyer quick all the time just because of the situation you're walking into.
2: Well, when you talk about the situation you're walking into, Schmitty, I'm going to go back to the Chinese food analogy. Right now, Nebraska is a bowl of steamed rice with way too much Chinese mustard on top. That That's what they are right now. Like... You got, you got a base, you got some good ingredients, but it's not a meal right now because the, the mustard's overpowering everything and the rice is a little bland. It's not that great. The question is, in year one, in my opinion, can you become fried rice? You no, know I'm talking about. Can you <laughs> sure. add in some, some veggies, some carrots, some peas, get little a little chicken egg. in there? The egg would be fantastic. Give me but, some soy sauce, baby. Well, the soy sauce and then the, yeah, you have the whole sauce, the oyster sauce. I think there's some mirin in there. You fry it all up. And we can all sit here and accept the fact that fried rice – Probably not a meal you want to eat if you're going out for takeout Chinese. Is it fine? Sure. Do I want an entire bowl of fried rice as an entire meal? I can make it work. I'd like to have some other ingredients in you there. You need some protein. But the simple fact of the matter is, it's 4:30. Meal Mealtime's coming up at five. I'm not sure you got time to make, you know, sweet and sour chicken, orange chicken, lo mein, s- s- all the soups. Like, can you make what you got? Good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying with the fried rice thing. Is you have some base ingredients right now. You've added some freshmen into the mix that you think are gonna. You know, uh, take some seasoning. You like that food analogy again? Take some seasoning, get better as the year goes on. They fry up with the rice. And then uh, as the years go on, you bring in some recruits. You bring in your your, your chicken, your orange sauce. You bring in your, your crab rangoon, your egg rolls. And that's where Michigan and Ohio State are right now. They're a complete meal. That's why they're college football playoff contenders every single year. Right now, you're just trying to take that first step towards a complete meal. Take that steam rice, make you're it try You're trying not rice. to
1: blow up the kitchen. <laughs> or you're trying to put the fire out. Uh, someone get Elijah some vending machine stuff uh, so we can stay on topic. Uh, appreciate that. Rule aid, thanks for, for chiming in. Uh, you have Jeff who says Nebraska needs to get uh, six wins where we get them. I don't care, <laughs> but we need six. Uh, Six would be nice, and we'll see if Nebraska... You know what I'm excited about, though? I'm excited about seeing the team play hard, play well, get some of those coin flip wins. Don't expect them all to happen. That's truly a special season. I go back to Iowa's 2015 run in their way to the the Big Ten championship game, and that happened uh, because of their... Their, their ability to win close ballgames. We'll have some thoughts with Coach McBride less than an hour away on Hale Varsity. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you at Hale Varsity. We're having a lot of Chinese uh, phone calls, <laughs> either suggestions or, where did you go? Uh, again, uh, no free shout outs on Monday, but uh, you can talk to us off air. Uh, appreciate our friends uh, chiming in here on the, uh, the Go Big Redcast, incredible podcast with your friends at At They say, if you need a team to sample every Chinese restaurant in Lincoln and report back, we're there for you. <laughs> Not without us. You better bring us on the tour. We got to do the Omaha and Lincoln tour. We, we got to get some some Omaha input as well. This
2: sounds like a, a whole thing, <clears> something <throat> we can do all spring long. We'll have a different road show from a different Chinese spot in town.
1: I think that takes a back seat, quite frankly, to I want to go to every small town bar in Nebraska that Ooh. has a big red flag or Coors Light or Budweiser. We'll,
2: we'll stick Connor in the studio. I'll go hit a Chinese spot. You go we'll hit a go small to bar. town bar and we'll all come back together. That would
1: be my my, my <laughs> dream summer roadie. Bring the golf clubs and uh, the small town Nebraska bars. I think that'd be incredible. I'm in. Could do it. Charlie McBride with us here in about a half hour. Jay Moore with us, the Black Shirt Hour. Cutter chimes in, don't you think the football gods will bless us? We've been through the ringer the last decade. If there was a year where things went our way, it could be this one. Law of averages is on our side. You know what, Cutter? Nebraska's had the, the mother of Murphy Murphy's Law seasons. It seems like every year. What can go bad has gone bad. And the the blessing is Nebraska has been able to at least try and reset. They've had the fundage and the support and the, the, the booster input financially to fire and hire. I mean, think if you're a college football program that's broke. Think if you're a university athletic department that is hemorrhaging money. Okay, because most aren't self-sustaining. Nebraska has been able to make money, raise money, spend money, and a lot of that is thanks to the the Big Ten, right? So, uh, because it's not been college football playoff paydays, it's not been Big Ten championship paydays, Nebraska has earned their money, at least because of some of the... I mean, listen, Nebraska's been in some helmet games, some have been tight some have been laughable the point is is people have watched so at least nebraska's anteed up that way and 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 brought value that way mm-hmm.
2: you brought value and now can you bring some extra value on the field herdizel chimes in saying let's not forget this solich curse was broken cue the fortune cookies and <laughs> and, and, and when it comes to the law of averages from cutter the the solich curse being broken something that the past five years of watching nebraska has taught me is that there is luck in the game of football, but you make your own luck.
1: You got to make your own breaks. Yeah. Don't fumble it. Don't have a penalty. Don't turn it over. Don't uh, don't don't get annihilated because you've whiffed on either development or recruiting. Mm-hmm. It's one
2: thing when the bouncing ball happens to bounce your way. It's another thing whenever you've put the ball on the or the the, the ball on the ground four different times to give yourself four opportunities for the ball to bounce your way or, or the opposition's way. There's an element to making your own luck in football. And, yes, it's there. Sometimes it's referees. Sometimes it's a bouncing ball. Sometimes it's, I don't know, a, a rainstorm rolling through on the right time whenever you're playing Maryland and now they can't throw the football. There's luck in the game of football. But at the end of the day, you do make your own luck.
1: Cue up November blizzard is what was what Elijah's saying. Todd emails in, you can be a solid fundamental and still be outmatched in most games uh todd is not a fan and todd i've got to edit this for radio uh say, he says egg rolls and sushi are are not good this is how we'll, we'll say it what an edit <laughs> well okay um no 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 that's a fair edit okay you, you, you've done well enough i just think it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny <laughs> well uh, the other part uh, todd is not done talking chinese who just eats fried ra- rice And you add two helpings of chicken to it or beef and broccoli or both and enjoy the soy sauce. It's a staple. Again, Todd, thanks for your input. Periods would be would be helpful.
2: Well, and, and you would hope that the guys that Matt Rule and company are bringing in the class of twenty twenty four are going to be your sirloin steak, so you can make some broccoli beef, or it's going to be your your chicken cut, so you can make the fried chicken with a little orange sauce on the side. That's the thing is what Nebraska added via transfer portal and via these first year freshmen. It's it's what you got to throw together. It's what you got to find in the kitchen. You don't have time to go to the store whenever you're a first year head coach. Like you found some veggies, so I went for the fried rice analogy. Like You can find that, you can make that pretty quickly, and you can make your rice. You can elevate it and take it somewhere it hasn't been just yet. But the question is, is is with that other stuff, is, is how long is it going to take you to, to go to the store and grab those ingredients and get them ready to go?
1: There's going to be an uncanny run on Chinese takeout tonight <laughs> in Lincoln and <laughs> Omaha. And We've done our part. Central Nebraska, 489-1240. Uh, Moonbot, we we're talking small-town bars in Nebraska. The uh, the Hale Varsity Radio Show tour hope to hope to tour. Uh, Moonbot, part of free, free Shoutout out Monday, says uh, hit up uh, Toots Bar and Grill in Chapel on your on your way back from the Colorado game. Uh, dear friend Joelster uh, grew up in Chapel. I, I need to talk to him about that. Uh, I I would like to hit. Uh, a a bar or two or several in western Nebraska on the way back. I am working on securing a ride back from one Elijah Herbel. Mm-hmm. Crew uh, says
2: uh, let's hit the, uh, the Denton Daily Double. Yep,
1: that was a staple, big time, for, for when Junior played uh, baseball and had practice on Sundays uh, when he was young in his baseball career. Matt chimes in with UCLA talking about self-sustaining athletic departments. UCLA's $100 million in the hole. That is no good. Uh, so there we have it. Who's on the line?
2: Yeah, Pete wants to bring us back to football.
1: All right, Pete, thanks for calling. Go ahead, bud. How you doing? Good. What do you know?
3: Well, I guess in my opinion, you know, if we just cut down on some of the penalties And we just play smart football and quit turning it over in critical times, we'd probably have a winning record in the last four or five years. No, I I don't think, I I think it just takes hard work. You got to be more physical, and we got to cut down on penalties and turnovers. Play smart.
1: Well, and how about having the lead, Pete, right? I mean, think about the stress and the forcing it and what causes some of these turnovers some of them are, are careless some of them are plays made by the defense that Nebraska is facing uh, because you're in a third and nine on a, on about every third down and you're back to throw and voila you get smacked and, and it comes down to ball security Pete thanks for the phone call here's what I'm interested in we, we, we've talked a lot about and we we'll get to rule here in about 10 minutes we talk a lot about you know, what, what's going on in practice? How is that prepping the guys for Saturday? And you've got a whole new devotion to it with Coach Rule, kind of in that mold of what Osborne did, where everyone's getting better, everyone's getting a rep, and you've had live practices. That is going to be key because if you're a quarterback carrying the football, it's been well-documented between Adrian and Taylor Right, when you have the dual threat element of a Nebraska offense and quarterback play with what has, has gone on with fumbles. Right? Poor Taylor's fumbles were were, were were leading the country. And then Adrian also had high turnover numbers, and, and that's too bad because you, you win with those guys, you're in it with those guys making plays and really stressing the defense. But time and time again, uh, they just could not take care of the football, and a lot was asked of them. And, and a lot of times, they they delivered, but too many times in some key elements and key ball games, they they didn't deliver. They delivered the wrong way, and that's with kind of a back-breaking turnover. You think about that Michigan moment a couple of years ago, mm. where you're you're driving down tie ball game, and inst- you know you the whistle should have blown. Absolutely, it didn't. Instead, you get submarined by uh, Hutchinson, and and there's a fumble, and then here's a field goal for the win for Michigan. I mean, it's it's that same moment over and over again. How you practice and prepare? How how much you've beaten up your quarterback within reason to get him ready for that moment? If God forbid, uh, there's a there's a blindside hit. Okay, so, so you get sacked. Instead of a strip-sack fumble that Illinois returns before halftime, maybe you, you hold on to the football, and worst case is you punt it and they got to drive the field on you. You've had those worst-case moments happen. I think you're I'm not saying it can't blow up on you and you can't have some disaster strike, but Nebraska's had a lot of disaster strike. There's been way too many lightning strikes against an offense, and part of that goes back to prep.
2: And, and Matt Rule knows it. Matt Rule knows what's happened in Nebraska the past couple years. You're going to read in between the lines with what he said Saturday. Anthony Grant, we have seen the talent from Anthony Grant on the football field. The guy's an athlete. The guy's got potential, I think, to go be an NFL back should he choose to go do so. But that's if he gets the fumbles in check. You heard it from Matt Rule on Saturday. Hey, Gabe Irvin's our RB1 because Anthony Grant is putting the ball on the ground too much. We can't trust that. And you hear it in the NFL all the time if you watch Hard Knocks or listen to any coach press conference. Ball security is job security. And, and, and Matt Rule said, you know what? Like, I don't necessarily believe that that Gabe Irvin is more athletically gifted than Anthony Grant. I think we, we saw this. Shimmy. It's not we saw a talent thing. It's not a talent thing. It's You know what? Gabe Irvin runs like a Husker running back, and he doesn't put the ball on the it's ground, so he's going to be our running back one because, as we kind of laid out here, turnovers are backbreaking. They've been backbreaking for Nebraska the past couple of years. We saw it in the spring game. If Gabe Urban's going to protect the football, that's more in line with the Matt Rule game plan, and he's going to be the guy you're going to roll with.
1: Uh, Vic says the Chinese food analogy, Elijah is going to be used for Elijah's Sportscaster of the Year nomination. Well, he says it's
2: not going to be used. Oh, my fault. <laughs> uh,
1: again, I need to read better. Forgive me. No onside kicks. That is what Cutter's wish is. The toxic battle is hit on by Roulade757. We'll, we'll hear Coach Rule's take on that. But, yeah, you, you can't play scared, but you can't play loose either. And uh, it just comes down to, okay, if the guy's going to fumble in practice, Anthony Grant, is he going to fumble in the game? What's our trust level like? Can he cover it up? Can he be better in the game? Can he learn from, from, from some missteps in practice? Two guys – that were elite running backs at Nebraska that had fumbling problems. Can you name them? Hmm. Amon Green. Okay. Amon Green had, had fumbling problems in the NFL. That's why he got traded from Seattle. He didn't always fumble in Nebraska, but there's a couple of games. That, listen, I'm not piling Amon. He's awesome, incredible ball player. But he, he fumbled more than a lot of backs. And then... My fa- one of our favorites, probably my favorite the last few years, is, is Abdu- Amir Abdul. Oh, yeah. I mean, Amir had fumbling issues, and it just was tough. Mm-hmm. And, and part of the reason I think he come back like he did for his senior year is to run for a buttload of yards, but also show the NFL that I can take care of the football, and he had a great senior season. Matt Rule's comments from Saturday on the way, it's Tail Varsity.
0: Hale Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? I'm you, yet. Yeah. On Hale Varsity Radio.
1: Back with you. We're winding down Hour 1. It's Hail Varsity presented by Currency. Chris and Elijah. Fake Will Bolt chimes in and says, next time you're heading through Valentine, the Peppermill is a really good small-town bar to hit. And uh, I love that. I like between Chinese restaurant suggestions, and uh, small-town Nebraska bars, we have quite the food and drink options.
2: Yeah, we're getting our money's worth in a free shout-out Monday.
1: Something like <laughs> that. Uh, we ought to kind of carry that through uh, the football seasons. 489-1240, 4-8-9-12-40. Uh, Todd wanted me to, to know that third and nine... A lot of times it was 3rd and 9 was due to penalties, quote, dummy. Yeah, I I get that. There were penalties, especially in the 2021 season. Let's not kid ourselves. There wasn't a great first down run or a second down run, even though Nebraska would try a lot of times. 3rd and 9, I would say it'd be 50-50. A lot of the the long down and distance for Nebraska football the last few years on 3rd down, was due to inadequate run game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I do concede that, yeah, penalties for sure were
2: problematic. And that's one thing that's been swept under the rug a little bit. I mean, people just don't think about it. The fact that Nebraska actually did better than their opponents last year in terms of penalty yardage and, and penalties. Like, there's going to be penalties in football. That's mm-hmm. how it goes. Uh, but the fact that Nebraska – was better than their opponents in the penalty department last year, I think would surprise a lot of people. It's something that nobody talks about. Nebraska did, in fact, get better better with the penalties last season if there's one thing you can say, it's mostly following the regime change of frost. Nebraska was pretty clean. They played pretty clean football following that. So I'm not saying we need to disregard penalties as being something to, to watch out for in year one under rule because it's a new coaching staff and maybe you haven't focused on that. But Nebraska did, in fact, clean up the, the penalty area of their game last season.
1: So we hear from Matt Rule on Saturday, went down to post scrimmage and uh, listened to coach. And the good news is, is uh, Teddy should be good to go. That sounds uh, very good for Nebraska football. Uh, You also have Marcus Washington that's on the way. But overall, uh, from an injury standpoint, those were the the two bigger nuggets for me. Uh, But Rule touched on his post-scrimmage thoughts as he weighed in. Nebraska not quite to Minnesota prep, as uh, today is an off day for the Big Red. Yesterday was more of a meeting day, though. Get back at it, and we'll hear from Satterfield tomorrow. But here's Coach Rule on uh, that post scrimmage.
4: I thought it was a lot of fun. First of all, it was really hot, which was great. Um, you know, we were able to get uh, we got a bunch of plays with the young guys at the end. You know, during the Boneyard Bash, had the band out there, had a bunch of students there. Um, thought we played really strong on defense again. I think you know, uh, guys are really settling into the defense. So that the offense put together uh, some nice drives. Had some had some some of the issues we had last week in terms of procedure and clock. Those all went away. I thought it was a, a step in the right direction. You know, definitely a step in the right direction. So, you know, have to watch the tape and see exact. You know, who who, who performed well. You know, a couple. We had one or two players that put the ball on the ground a couple of times on offense. You know, I'm not going to indict everyone for that, but you know, we, we, we had a guy, uh, really two guys that has to protect the ball better. But um, you know, I think our defense is definitely being physical and hitting. So, still some work to do in the kicking game. You know, still some work to do on offense and on defense. But I like where we're at right now.
1: Elijah, you had uh, your own set of eyes. Well, not you physically specifically, but you have. Uh, those close to the Elijah Herbal orbit uh, in uh, in the stands.
2: Yeah, my little sister. It's her first year in the Cornhusker Marching Band, so first off, congrats to Lee making the Cornhusker Marching Band. Everyone's coming to the game for you. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Uh, also, her report. Especially the last 10 years. Uh, she said, Boneyard Bash was hot and boring. Good, I guess. <laughs> One thing I'll say, and this is coming from her, not a big football fan, uh, but she she does watch and follow the game uh wide receivers kept dropping easy passes
1: Ah, did she specify if they were experienced wide receivers or they were young i don't
2: think she would even know from her experience but that is one thing to note from the boneyard bash her eyes is that the the wide receivers were dropping some passes out there and the offense was boring which hey it's the big 10 your offense is supposed to be a little bit boring in the big 10 but the 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 drop passes are, are something to be concerned about
1: more from rule what he likes what impresses him about the defense this might be what you hang your hat on for Nebraska early when we talk about win probability
4: yeah I just think they they, 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 they run and hit they tackle they run and tackle really well um, uh, they were playing the run game well and creating some negative plays um, like I said they knocked the ball out a couple times they're really physical so um, you know that 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 uh, I'd say that's their that's their strength. just kind of that flocking the ball and striking people. They're they're doing that at a high level. Does it sound? or you know, are they giving up any big plays? Uh, um, we're giving up some in, in practices. I, I I don't I can't remember what it was today. Um, maybe maybe one, but they're not they're not giving up. A, I mean, we're certainly sound. I mean, I wouldn't allow it to not be sound. You know, um, now does a guy get blocked sometimes in a play hit? Yeah, absolutely. But um, but for the most part, I think we're playing good team defense.
1: So. <laughs> I don't in- expect this defense to have to be o nine 9 good, nor can they be o nine 9 good from a personnel standpoint, at least on their face right now. Uh 9 had to be perfect about every Saturday. You're not going to be perfect every Saturday. You're going to get creased a couple of times. But your offense can't be anemic or uh, either all foam or no beer or all beer, no foam. I mean, you, you can't rely on the big play you've got to have some consistency elijah to what you want to do well offensively and it's got to work however you get points uh, there needs to be a little bit more of a methodical part to this offense this year where you can put a drive together you may have a a big play within that drive great but it can't be reliant this year like last on throwing a punt up the palmer
2: and when was the last time you think Nebraska had that methodical offense that could go march up and down the field? Did you have to go back to the Divine Zigbo year with I Scott think
1: Frost's first year cuz you had the, the consistent rushing attack. By and- the last by the last half, the last fourth of 18. Yeah. But that there was a lot of big plays in the run game. And you had uh, of course you had Stanley in the passing game that was big. You had just a, a great mix when we go back to the uh, the, the Taylor era. Of Amir being able to rip off a big run or even, you know, Tommy's first year or second year, where you could find a Kenny Bell or an anunwa, or you'd have Amir break one off. I mean, they they had a lot of Really good talent.
2: And I think you have to go back to the Pliny years to be the last time you could feel like Nebraska would consistently get to second and manageable.
1: Well, they were, they were scoring 35 a game I, in the Big
2: Ten. And but that's the last time. Like, more often than not, Nebraska on first down is going to find a way to get to second in less than seven. Sure. That was probably the Pliny years the last one I have to go back to or maybe the 2016 year. They,
1: they had an offensive line and a running back. Could go get you third and three. Mm, funny
2: how that works. Funny how having Period. an offensive line and a running back gets your
1: uh, gets you methodical offense in the Big Ten.
4: Let's talk about
1: Sims and turnovers. Coach Rule addressed
4: it. Yeah, just taking care great care of the ball. You know, I, I think uh, when the Big Ten Network came, they talked about him. You know, being the highest in college football in terms of returning turnovers. I I, I wouldn't have ever suspected that because just just being around him. So I went back and watched them. You know, and there there was a lot of times he. You would say they were probably not his fault. You know, he was getting hit, you know, or, or someone got hit and dropped the ball. I think Jeff's taking great care of the ball. Um, it's a fine line, right? Like you know, we talk about the toxic battle here. It's an old Brian Billick stat. You know, we want to we want to win the turnover battle, but also win the explosive play battle. So we can go out there and go into a shell and not not turn the ball over ever, but you know, go three and out. It's The same thing, right? So um, we want to be explosive, and I think Jeff is learning that line of when to be explosive, when not, um, when to take a chance, and when not to. So. Uh, We don't want to play scared. That's the biggest thing for this group is they can't play scared. So, uh, but I think he's done a really nice job, Steve. I think he's, I think he's playing really good football, and there's still a lot to learn. You know, I know we're playing on 8:31, um, but there's a lot of games after that, and so we're just trying to get better and better and better and better and better every day. So, uh, I think I think we'll see him play really good football this year. And now,
1: and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, 10 minutes away from Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie, the Blackshirt Hour uh, with Jay Moore. So Jay Bird going to be uh, following Coach McBride, four eight nine twelve forty, talking a little bit here about Coach Rule and his post-scrimmage thoughts. So the topic of RB1 and Gabe Irvin. And Anthony Grant and the rest of that running back that running back room, Ramir Johnson, Emmett Johnson. Here's coach on why Gabe is right now top of that depth chart
4: for us. I think we feel like Gabe is clearly the the number one guy. Ramir, uh, clearly the third down back and still a runner, right? But Ramir's ability to track protections and catch the ball in the backfield is pretty special. I think you know every scout that comes in here, I tell them all like, hey had Jermichael Hasty at Baylor still playing, I said, he's just like him. He can run option rounds, choice routes. So I think ramirez got a future. Ramirez has a little tweak to his me. So you asked about the injury report. Should be back this week. Just kind of got tight on him the other day so we held him, um, but should be fine. So, you know, I think kind of situationally, those two guys, and then Anthony's as, you know, when the ball's in his hands... Anthony's elite running the football. Uh, Anthony just, you know, he's put the ball on the ground too much. He's fumbled the ball too much. And um, no matter how talented you are, if you fumble the football, you can't play for us. So you know, we're, we're going to continue to work on it with AG. He's had a good camp up until the last couple of days and of sort of turned the ball over. But it's been a, it's been an issue. And um, I normally wouldn't say that out loud, but I'll say it because Anthony, um, you know, he, he, he knows exactly, hey, I've got to conquer this. But when he's right, he sees it as well as anybody. And then we have, to me, we have a one, two, three punch. And then I'd say Emmett Johnson is, you know, he's in the running to be our starting kick returner. And Emmett's um he's a he's a versatile all around back. And um I think he can help us as well.
1: So that's the rundown and you've got some reality there with, with Grant because you know the potential and you know some of the pitfalls now. And that's holding on to the football and you don't want it to yeah, it's a physical thing of taking care of the ball, but it's also it can be a mental thing where you're you're worried about it. And like for Amon Green, when I talk about Amon, Amon would wear these elbow pads to help kind of dial back how much he sweat. That's why he fumbled. It wasn't a technique thing for him. It's a, re, a real thing where he, that part of his body, he just would excessively sweat and the football to pop out. Last side here from Coach Rule on what he specifically likes about Irvin. Urban. Irvin's got the size, the speed, the power, and, of course, um, that uh, that hunger going for him.
4: I didn't see him before, so I can't say, you know, I just from the day I got here, I was like, wow, that's what they're supposed to look like. You know what I mean? Like, he's big, he's powerful, um, you know, he can, run, he can run behind his pads, he can run inside zone, outside zone, power, counter, anything you want to run duo. Um, he's good in protection. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's consistently still trying to work on his hands. His hands are the number one thing that keeps him from being on the field, all three downs, but he, he can catch. He just has to, you know, it's what he's working on. But, uh, you know, it's very rarely that you have a guy that's, you know, 225 pounds and also runs four, four, you know what I mean? And has lateral movement. So, you know, I know he started as a freshman. I know he had that injury, um, but I, you know, I can't imagine him any better than that kid. So, um, I've been impressed with him since the day we got here.
1: It's a nice uh, A, B, C, and D list for one Gabe Irvin. Reminder about your uh, friends at the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. They tell you to buckle up. Hands on the wheel, eyes in mind. Straight ahead, the driver has one job. That's to drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Charlie McBride coming up on Monday with Charlie and uh, Jay Moore. The Blackshirt Hour. Hail Varsity continues. Presented by Currency.
3: This is Christian Peter. I'm sorry, but the stories I have about
0: Charlie are not appropriate for the public. The right case of the Mondays. It's Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride on Hale Varsity Radio.
1: Hour 2 a tale Varsity, presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie. Coach, we're almost there, about 10 days from kickoff. How are we doing? <laughs>
3: Well, I know I'm doing okay. Uh, you know, if you're a player, you might start to get a little, little nervous. I guess. <laughs> I, I
1: hear it. I hear I it in your
3: voice. I, know. I wasn't smart enough to get nervous. That's so okay. I, I didn't. I, didn't, I just, That's like me. You know, that we have some coaches that they know. Uh, in the, when the game's over. I couldn't think about the game anymore. I had to go to the next game fast, mm-hmm. so I could start on the, you know, the, get get the whole plans ready. So it's a little different, and you you know, if somebody had to ask me before the game of actually what was the score of last week, it would probably be first who'd we play, you know, <laughs> like that. But so it's a, it's hard for. It's easier for some of the assistants to remember a lot of the things. And I remember all the, the things that we have to work on and all that. You always write that down and you always, you know, go over that stuff and, and with the coaches and everything. That's that's part of the procedure. But that's, that's just the way it is. It's hard. It's hard to remember, the, the you know, the past. Uh, what I learned from the past is when I wasn't here, I know more about when I wasn't here than I do when I was.
1: <laughs> it's okay to have a little tunnel vision and, and get ready and prepped for next week. That's Charlie McBride with us on Monday with Charlie. Did you ever stop, though, you had to have, and smile, not get complacent, but smile about a big win? They're all important all of them are you know big wins oh. but i'm talking about you know if you guys took down in oklahoma or a texas or a national championship i i would assume you had a chance to just relish in that moment and be proud of the kids
3: Yeah, you well, know, some of those games you know are funny because some of them are are from come from behind type of things and uh you know you feel good about it but when you look at your, you know, there's a reason why you're coming from behind <laughs> you know? And so you know so it's not it's you know when you start boiling it down it's not all good even mm-hmm. though when you're winning it's you know it's 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 really hard to keep up with it um you know to keep up with the things that you need that you, you know you need to get done. and if you get to a point where you have so many it's Hard and practice. Get ready for the next game. Plus, work on the things that you you were not good at, uh, which we do. We try to do in, in more uh, in an individual basis than we do uh, as a team. Uh, we get ready as a team pretty much more uh, was during the week was more on the other te- you know the mm-hmm. other team. But uh, early in the week, Monday especially was the day when you could. Talk about it, and then we put anything new in. We'd go out and have a walkthrough and um, go through it with everybody, you know, and walk through it and so on and so forth. So that on Tuesday we're ready to rock and roll. When we'd have we'd, we'd have pads on Monday anyway. We were one of those teams that we wore pads every day but Thursday. Mm.
2: It's Charlie McBride with us here, Hail Varsity Radio, and. Charlie, whenever you talk about game prep, I want to get your thoughts on preparing for the first game because that's where Nebraska is at right now. They've finished up fall camp. They're into their their preparation for Minnesota, a simulated game coming Thursday, and then you'll really dive into the week of game prep. But fall camp is over, and and tell me in an average year, how many questions do you still have going into that first game? Because that's uh-huh. something uh-huh. We, we've discussed here uh-huh. on this show in terms I of.
3: A, I got a sheep full of them. The questions that we <laughs> ask ourselves every week. You know, we go through them every week, and I mean. Um, you know, it's kind of like a checklist. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like getting on an airplane where the pilots are all grab the sheet. No matter what they do, they grab the sheet and go through the checklist. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same thing you do with them. The problem with the first game is is you don't know what they've changed. Even though they they um, uh, are have done well, the teams that usually have done well don't have many changes. But we always had especially on offense and, and defensively we might have added a, a blitzes or some different kind, maybe zone blitzes or something or more of them or less of them and more or something else. And offense, you, you know, you may end up, uh, you know, putting in a series that you could, you know, you could run that would start out simple and maybe was going to develop um, so it, it all depends on the players. It all depends on, uh, you know, and, and what you want to do. But most of the successful teams are going to use their hardcore. If they're winning, they're going to use their basic stuff they've used in the past. It's the new stuff that they have, the secrets, the little tricks, all those things that get you uh, that you, you worry the most about.
1: Charlie McBride's joining us on Monday with Charlie. Hale, Varsity Radio, set to go into another season. Ten days, a little less than ten days from Nebraska, Minnesota, and Minneapolis. We'll be up there at the graduate for all sorts of pregames, Wednesday, Thursday, and then uh, reaction into Friday. Yeah, so, we're excited for the road show up there. Coach uh, Coach Rule talked about that toxic battle and not playing scared on offense, that fine line, and you've gone up against a bunch of offenses that have the ability and some guys that can really mess with a defense uh, in the form of big plays and athleticism. The downside sure. to some of those offenses, though, has been how turnover-prone they are. And I want your perspective on on, on preparing for, for somebody like that where – it could be a feast or a famine you give up or a guy makes a big play but he also is very uh, problematic with turnovers in big moments mm-hmm.
3: well I think you go when you start the week out you, you, you tell the players what are the things we really got to stop or the person we really have to stop mm-hmm. a lot of if you if you look at some of the past reports from other people or anything they always have a section in there where it says, who do we have to stop to win? Right, and uh, you know, and so there's going to be a receiver, a quarterback, a running back. There's going to be, you know, an offensive line that's something special. There's, and so the players are thinking about that all week. And you know, when you think about it, and you, you keep you keep going over in your head over and over, and sometimes you get better at it. You know, oh. I mean. You just you have you're, you're not going in with any kind of surprise, you know. You're going. We got to stop this back or something. It and you know darn well you've seen guys that if we don't stop this running back, we're gonna get we're gonna get, get beat. I mean, you know, <laughs> and um, and so that that that's how it kind of works. It, the players kind of, in some ways, you, you're going to work on the things you know, in your teamwork and in, in, you know, your half-line scrimmages and all those different things, you're going to work on some of those things. But the kids are thinking about it all the time, you know, and uh, they're being reminded by the coaches, here's this guy right here does this or does that better than the other people and this and that. And so it's, it's pretty simple to figure it all out, but – when it comes for the coaches, they don't have to play. Hmm. And so they can tell you, oh, they sound like a bunch of, you know, rocket scientists. And the kids have to play. So you can't, you got to get them the true facts and make them easy for them to, you know, remember anything and um, try to group them. Mm -hmm. Give them their five best running plays or their four best running plays. And, What's their are you know, the immediate intermediate passing team or they a deep ball? Are they going to deep ball? How many times a game? That yeah, stuff like that that you know that that helps them a lot. that They can be aware of. And down a distance, I used to work. You know, the linebackers seem in the secondary. The back the backside guys always seem to spend more time. But I spent as much time talking about you know tendencies with the defensive lineman as I, as I did. Um, for example, if you have a one back set and there's one back there is he on your side? is the tight end on your side is it the, the strength call is on the, your side? Yeah, they have certain plays that they run over there and they have certain plays they run back and there's only two or three of them so you start picking them out, and the kids start knowing, you know, I could get that trap now, you know. or And they think it over in their head time and time again and that's you know, you just try to hope they, <laughs> they remember some of the stuff, but um, it, you know, you can't you can't overload them. They got school.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Charlie McBride with us here in Hale Varsity and Charlie, take me back. Which which offensive player were you most scared about playing, or most worried about playing after a full week of game prep? Are there any that stand out in your memory of getting to Saturday and saying, "Man, I hope that defense remembers what I told them this week." Yeah,
3: you want me to tell you who the best back I think is was? Sure. I, I personally think I hate. I think I probably maybe say it because I went to school there, but. Now, Eric themeny was a the guy that got got yards when he needed them and if if you look a little bit at the kid uh, Eric was super strong and and when he needed if they needed three yards, he's going to get them i I mean you could put any but that kid was a you know his mind was built to do it and um and and there's the kid at Michigan, the you know the little back that you're going to look at him. He never goes backwards. Yeah. <laughs> so so there's 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 things like that you you'll tell kids and you'll try to get them to you know realize how tough these guys are and and uh, how fast the team is, for example, or how fast this per, that, that, you know if it's an offensive talking to them from the offensive side, you know, what defensive guys are really fast, and you know, and then there's certain guys that we can beat, there's certain guys we can't, and on, on offense, it's you know, it's usually down a distance stuff, and and when you got a guy like Viamity was, he was, he was small, low to ground, and powerful, and could run like a deer, I mean, he could really run, and so those are the kind of things you talk to them about you know I mean during the week you re, the reminder and that's why I guess some of them called me coach run it again you know <laughs> <laughs> it goes hey coach run it again you know those scout team guys called me that and they knew the second time if i i said run it again they're gonna get blown up
1: <laughs> coach i wanted to to <laughs> ask
3: to stop it you know
1: i, I so. wanted to ask you about Polar Bear, there's been a lot of positive commentary about Nash Hudmacher coming out of camp. What's Nebraska got to have from their nose tackle in reference to, to what the Big Ten is? Yes, stopping the run, but it sounds like uh, there's there's some big-time upside for for the Polar Bear coming into this season with this defense.
3: Well, that's okay because if he can occupy two guys, that's one guy there or one guy short. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, it's getting knocked off the ball more more than anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you have two guys blocking you half the time, and a lot of times they're trying to do combo blocks. And, you know, there's things that you can do that will cause them some real problems uh, as far as front alignment. Uh, So, you know, that that they can't do what they want to do. And they, they can't put two guys on them. The one thing I think is really hard for them is if they have defenses where you're a two-gap player. Mm -hmm. I I would love to play those guys because they're going to lose.
0: Sure.
3: And yeah, you can't. I mean, there's in pro ball it's it's and in blitzes there are times when you know you have to. But in professional football, they'll always ask me when I was when I was a, a, a. coach they always come in and the scouts will always ask me can he two gap well we probably christian and danny noonan and some of those guys could probably yeah yeah they can two gap (laughs) that means they can straighten you up play both sides man (laughs) but we were a gap responsibility team and uh but I'd have to show you. But we, we we would actually teach a kid to play two gaps, but he didn't know it. But we were responsible for that gap. And I had a saying that if you don't play your gap of responsibility, you can come over. I got a little piece of grass next to me. We can both watch the game together. So it was a you know it was a serious deal. You know I sure. mean I'd rather have the guy go for three four five six yards then I would have them cut back, and you're in the wrong place now. The linebackers are out of whack, mm-hmm. and everything else. Because as soon as you make a mistake, then other guys are out of. Tra- if they're playing their responsibility, you got a hole in your defense.
1: Yep, and so, uh, it's 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 a house call, perhaps, and that's no good. <laughs>
3: Well, then it's my name in the paper for being you-know-what. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Coach, we will uh, gear up and, and be ready to talk Nebraska-Minnesota next Monday. How's that sound?
3: That sounds good. I'm, uh, I, I'm looking forward to it, really. I, I You know, and, I, and I'm and i going to say this. It's going to sound pretty stupid. I want to see their effort and their how they play. Mm-hmm. Because I can tell right now, if, if they play as hard as they can, then it's going to be really a war. Sure. But if something goes haywire, then you, you kind of have some some holes where you can talk about, you know, we need to do this and we need to do that. Mm-hmm. Even if you win, there's going to be those holes. Sure. So well, that usually comes up in the coaches' meeting rooms and stuff like that, and sometimes fans don't see every bit of it
1: coach we'll talk about it and get ready thanks so much for the time
3: okay guys thanks for having me i'll talk to you next week okay bye now
0: all state two-year starter and rush in for the big red and nfl bet Use or uh, duder or uh, you know don't do the reno if you're not into the whole brevity thing it's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hail Varsity Radio. Back
1: into it. It's Hail Varsity Radio presented by Currency. The Blackshirt Hour commences. And Jay Moore with us. Blackshirt Husker Ed Feller co host Big Red Wrap Up at Jay Moore 44 on Twitter. Bird, we got to ask how was the 40th celebration Or 39 again?
5: Yeah, it was. it was good. Uh, you know, got together with some good friends, played some golf. Um, got a couple days of golf in this week. Oh, good. Kind of treated more as a as a birthday week instead of just a day, maybe like like two days essentially. So, um, no, that was good. It was you know, golf and some cold beverages and good friends. That's you know, <laughs> that's that's all I need for turning forty, and I'll take that for here and now.
1: There we go. I love it. All right. Uh, any any birdies? Any aces? Any eagles?
5: uh you know, there's some birdies. Yeah, there were some birdies, no aces unfortunately and uh no eagles either. So uh golf is uh golf's been a little <laughs> has uh it's been tough for me this year uh dealing with uh, some injuries, but I'm just happy to get out and and these injuries will get fixed here soon and then but I'm just happy to play and be around some great people and and enjoy some, you know, a, a cocktail or two.
1: So before we talk football, Overrated rule that if you do hit a hole in one, you've got to buy the round. Shouldn't it be the other way around?
5: You would think so, but that's like the one time I'm happy to pay for it. <laughs> you know, I'm happy to pay that tab. I it's it's just like a, it's a right, you know, it's it's been around forever. I know it's it's doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I tell you what, there's so many I've been with people who have made one and they say, keep your mouth quiet, don't say a right. thing. Right. I'll get you a drink, but don't run your mouth because I know there's who else is out on the golf course. Clubhouse. And I don't need to be down a 1000 bucks at mm-hmm. the end of the day. But I'm happy to pay, you know, I'm happy to pay that bill. I am. It's just, that'd be fun. And, I, you know, I'd want everyone else to enjoy and have fun as well.
1: Jay Moore is with us, Ale Bar City Radio. Jay, uh, I wanted to dive into Joel Klatt before we get into some of Ruel's comments from the, the weekend and – Joel, I know, is a guy you know well, and he's been on our show a few times over the years. And uh, on his podcast, he dove into uh, the job Rule has in front of him and called Nebraska a monumental task just because of where the program has fallen. Uh, you've got cultural issues that have turned into to problems. Close ball games, six straight losing seasons— Ten seasons outside the top twenty-five, and it's a total rebuild. How do you view this situation for for Rule when it comes to instant success versus a slow grind? Do you think they have the roster to surprise this year?
5: I do. I just don't know if they have the depth. Okay, it's a very fragile. It's a fragile team. I think on the surface, there's enough talent there. Too, I can look at the schedule and argue you can you can find seven wins. I, I truly do believe that. But, again, it's, you know, one of those injuries coming. And who is it to? You know, is it Jeff Sims? Be, if Jeff Sims gets banged up early, it could be a very long year for this football team. If you have some offensive linemen that go down, it could be a very long year for this offense. And it's just that's just how it goes. I just don't think we're as as deep. And we're very, very young. You know, I think there's um, a little over 100 guys who are sophomores and younger on this football team. You know, I, I, so that's that's saying something. And I know they still played some ball, but you'd like to be have an old team. The you know, old teams always do very very well and are very very successful. But I don't think a monumental undertaking. That's a little. I don't know about that. I, I think this this team is has enough. Listen, what he did at Temple and what he actually did taking over Baylor that was monumental the situation he got into I know Baylor's historically you know not a blue blood program but we he takes over a team that has 40 scholarship players on it is able to transform that thing and make it a winning program just uh, two years later that's pretty that was that's that's monumental in my in my opinion but I think he has lots more to work with here I just obviously the pressure is vastly different than Temple and then at Baylor And, and but he knows that and with with the pressure that is there's expectations too. But I think people have tempered expectations because of what happened with Scott Frost. I think people are tired of uh, you know, drinking too much Kool-Aid and tired of getting burned and having, you know, their hopes and their hopes shot down. And that's you know, we thought when Scott got here, we thought this thing was was a done deal. You know, he's gonna get us back to where it was and you know, it's far from it. So I think I think he has some. He I think he has enough cards in the deck to to get some things done and, and some wins accomplished. But again, like I said, if there's injuries, man, to to your offensive line, which is going to happen, mm-hmm. I know hope they're developing some more depth and if you get Jeff Sims dinged up early in the year, that's going to change it. And that's going to change for any team really in college football. I, I there's a reason he's a starter. Uh, it's very very rare where you know, back in the day of, uh, you know, the 90s where, you know, Tommy Fraser goes down and Brooke Barron's able to come in and just keep this thing going. You know, that, that was a very, very unique situation where you essentially almost had two starters. But young football team, and I think depth is is not in our favor. So with that being said, if we get a couple bounces and, and guys stay healthy, I think we can, I think making a bowl game in year one is very, very realistic.
2: Well, Jay, whenever you you talk about having a, a season that surprises. I think the term surprise is a little subjective. So what would that look like to you if you're defining, you know what, Nebraska in year one surprised some people. What does that season look like? Are we talking eight and four or better? Or what's your definition?
5: Yeah, I would say eight, seven and five, eight and four. Okay. I'd probably say more eight and four. Like I said, I if I go through the – I went through it and, you know, the, you know, the potential records and the wins and losses. And, you know, I don't – I think they – I don't think they beat Minnesota, but I think they get Colorado. I think they get, you know, the two other non-conferences. I don't think they're going to beat Michigan. Uh, I don't think they're going to beat Illinois. Uh, I think they're going to struggle at Michigan State, Wisconsin, but I think they can get uh, Maryland and Purdue, and I think they can get Iowa at the end of the years, too, as long as they're healthy. So you can find seven wins in there. I, I, I truly believe that. If they get the eight, that means, you know, you're knocking off you're, – you're winning some really good games. You're either getting – you know, road win at Illinois on a Friday night, you're getting, you're, uh, you're beating Wisconsin in Wisconsin, uh, uh, you're beating, potentially beating Michigan State at Michigan State. I know they're, I don't know what, what where that Mel Tucker team is at right now, but I still think it's always a tough place to play in East Lansing. So I think 8-4 would definitely be a surprise to, for me and for the majority of uh, Husker Nation.
1: Jay Moore's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Jay, Coach Rule, talked Saturday was asked about his defense, and you know, from an identity standpoint, it sounds like they get to the football. Uh, they're very physical and they tackle well. What's that uh, translate to you? It's pretty cut and dry there, but do you like what what that definition's been painted as?
5: Uh, very much so, and I, I kind of saw that in the spring game. I was very everyone just seemed to be in the right place and never seemed to be like, there's always a football, like a saying in sports is be quick, but not in a hurry. Mm-hmm. I just seemed like they were always in a right spot. They weren't panicking. Uh, they knew where their help is. Cause I think that's not talked about enough in defense is forcing players to a certain way, forcing them into your help. And I think they understand that role very, very well. So that, those are all really, really good things to, to hear because in the three, three, five defense, you can, I would think be out of control because there's constant chaos, people moving, coming, going, showing, doing all sorts of things. So I think I I'm I'm very very happy to to hear that uh, that you know tackling and, and guys being under control. That's what you want. You you can you want to play fast, but you don't want, you just don't want to be out of control because you can obviously knock your own players off, and you know you can cause all sorts certain things to go wrong where they can you know get six points really really quickly. So. Like I said, I'm not super surprised because of what I saw in that spring game, and that's really all I've seen uh, from the three three five defense with Tony White. Is that they just look to be under control, fast, but under control. That's that's really really good, you know, coaching, and that's really really good, you know, adapting to techniques and in the new coaching with. Uh, that these guys gotten with the new staff so far.
2: And, Jay, we've laid it out a couple times here on this show. One of the big keys for the the team this year is going to be to get to even or positive in turnover differential. And that's one of the big questions we have right now. Whenever you hear stories out of camp of of Anthony Grant, he's putting the ball on the ground too much. And you saw the spring game with the turnovers there. And you think back to Jeff Sims' history at Georgia Tech with the interceptions. And it, it's, it's unclear right now does Nebraska have turnover issues in camp because of this defense and what they put together to three, three, five, or is that just an issue with the offense with turnovers? And that's kind of what, what's so tough about this time of year is sometimes questions are just going to remain unanswered up until you play that first football game.
5: Yeah, most definitely. It's a chicken or the egg, right? Is your defense causing all these turnovers or is your offense not performing very well? Are they fumbling snaps? You know, it's, it's the sloppy turnovers. I, you know, I know they're not going to go into much detail, but the defense is doing a great job of, you know, forzi, cu- forcing fumbles, putting the helmet on the ball, ripping the ball out, uh, you know, gang tackling someone, ripping the ball out, getting hands on tip passes and those getting intercepted. Those are good. Those are going to happen. You obviously got to work on ball security. But the things I'd be super concerned about is, you know, just the careless stuff, the, the fumble snaps, bad snaps, uh, poor reads, you know, and interceptions that, you know, just shouldn't happen. You know, or maybe a place where you could throw the ball away and live to uh, fight another day, but you try to force it into somewhere, and that those, those kind of turnovers you just can't you can't deal with. But yeah, it's just gonna be interesting to see. I, I am, and it, we're ten days away from this first game, and I just you can go back and forth what what you think is going to happen and what you what uh, may or may not happen. I'm excited to see everything kind of play out, obviously as we get get closer and closer. But yeah, I'm, it's just hard. It's hard to really read in between the lines too much because you just don't really know the whole story unless you actually got to see the practice. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen any practices and I know most of the practices have been closed. So, uh, I tell you what, I know they're getting better. They're working on things and you're going to always have, you're going to have that during the first scrimmage, you're going to have some issues, some sloppiness, but I I guarantee you they're going to get cleaned up.
1: Jay Moore with this Hail Varsity Radio, Black Shirt Husker, NFL or Jay Moore. And we'll have more Thoughts and commentary from Jay next segment. Excited for uh, for Jay and the crew at Big Red Wrap-Up with all the great coverage they provide. Uh, pretty cool to, to have uh, the Matt Rule show that's going to be airing Mondays uh, on uh, KMTV3 in Omaha and also with the News Channel Nebraska folks do a great job. That got announced here about 15 minutes ago and I think Tuesday nights will be Coach Rule on the Husker Network. So, That'll be pretty sweet for the radio side of things uh, with our, uh, of course, Oscar affiliate in Omaha. So, uh, all sorts of Nebraska coverage getting narrowed down. You have that uh, locked and loaded. So, Mondays for Rule on TV and then Tuesdays for the radio.
2: Let's turn my mic on before I. Uh, it's try all right. To you might still thinking of Chinese
1: food. I know you are. You're, <laughs> you're Jones in for some fried rice and. Some uh, some crab rangoon. I am. We'll spend more thoughts and time and thoughts with Jay Moore as uh, he talks Big Red. And now. And
0: now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. A
1: uh, few minutes here. Jay Moore with us. Hail Varsity Radio at Jay Moore 44 is where you follow him on Twitter. You watch him uh, on Big Red Wrap Up, uh, Husker NFL uh, standout. Jay, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on another phrase or a couple of words that Matt Rule touched on in reference to the offense and Elijah's question regarding turnovers. And you you have that that balance here, that yin and yang of being aggressive but not careless. And he's like, I don't want us st- and I don't think we will play scared. And is, is that a concern on on offense to be afraid to let it rip? And conversely on defense, do you worry about uh, just being a bit too tentative because it is a, a year one in the new system.
5: You know, I, not necessarily. I don't. Wouldn't be a concern of mine. I think sometimes you can almost play even more freely because you really got nothing to lose. Sure. You know, it's it is year one. I know. for maybe some of these other players, and I would say for the new guys, there might be some hesitancy. But for these older guys who play football, man, it's still you're still 11-11. You still got to do your assignment. You still got to make a tackle, make a catch, break a tackle, do whatever you have to do, make a block. Uh, there's it's still kind of boils down to doing what you're being taught and coached to do. So I think the older guys, I, I have no concern, but when you're a young team like Nebraska is, I could see them being a little hesitant just because you don't want to make a mistake and you can't. And you think about certain things and make mistakes, and that's what that's what older players do so well is they understand what you're capable capable of doing physically from within an offense or a defensive scheme, and setting yourself up to be successful in that one snap. Whether it's setting yourself up, you know, if you need to, if you're a defensive end lining up in a C gap and you got to get to the B gap, well, you might have to cheat down a little bit, you know, and setting yourself up for success. Uh, now you don't want to cheat down too much you give it away, you know. Or if you're in coverage and you know uh, you don't have inside help, well, you better line off, back up into the inside to protect the inside. if You know you don't have any help. So certain things like that, you just got to know and understand things that the older players will do. And then once you kind of set yourself up for success pre-snap, and alignment, assignment, uh, getting your eyes in the right place, then you can kind of let it go and and. And rock and roll because you've done everything you need to do now you just got to be an athlete and go play football
2: jay how, how difficult is it to get used to the feeling of playing in front of ninety thousand people live in a stadium and on top of that the the amount of people that are going to be watching you on tv is there an adjustment process there for for younger guys within the program to to realize yeah there's ninety thousand people here but i need to be able to play carefree stress-free i guess worry free in terms of uh, not wanting to make a mistake in front of such a large large crowd is there an adjustment process to that
5: you know, there, I don't think so. It wasn't for me. You know, I didn't play until my sophomore year. And uh, I, once you're out there, it's you're just playing football. It, you know, you hear you hear the crowd after you make a play. But once you're kind of focused on your keys and what you need to do, you kind of zone everything out. It just becomes like you, you try to do in practice. And that's, you know, I think that's what good football teams are able to do and good football players are able to do, which is kind of zone all that stuff out shut out the noise and kind of worry about what you need to what you know you need to get done. So I think maybe early on you, you know for for players during warmups and things like that they could get a little uh sidetracked but I think once a game happens and you're you got the the nerves and everything else is going and you just know once you hear that play called you need to be keyed in and zoned in on what your assignment is, you know, if it's a certain blocking assignment or the route that needs to be ran or a gap needs to be established for a defensive lineman. Uh, you just got to be focused on that and not what other ninety thousand people are doing uh, behind you.
1: Jay Moore is with us. A Couple more minutes at Tail Varsity Radio. Jay, what a shift to the facilities! That video dropped this morning. Elijah and I have kind of went, "Wow, what a what a really cool new locker room!" And I know we were talking before we jumped on. Your class made that. I guess the last transition. Into the newer facilities, almost two decades ago. Your take on where facilities are uh, in the, uh, the the pecking order, the importance level in this new era of college football when you have NIL?
5: Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, these one hundred fifty million dollar plus facilities that you know we're seeing all over the country. You know, Florida just had a new one. Kansas just opened up a new one. Uh, but that's what you have to do. It's the arms race of major. Uh, division one sports you have to, you have to compete I and mean, to to get the players and you have to have the donors able to donate the money that the extra money that's needed and then you have to sell it to the recruits and uh, yeah i was we moved in 2006 to the new north stadium expansion and uh, i know things are still kind of more in the north more northeast stadium now but it's crazy that was 17 years ago we moved in there and it, yeah we saw the video and the place this looks amazing i haven't i haven't set foot in there yet but it looks it looks really really good, and the thing is now these facilities, we had it really really well. I mean, it was still it still is a great facility, uh, only being seventeen years old. But I tell you what, you don't have to leave. They have everything there for you. I mean, you can take naps in there. You can do, <laughs> you know, you can get meals. You can get massages. You can, you know, everything is right there. And they try to, and that's what you have to be. You try, to, as a student athlete, time is you don't have much time. So you want to be as efficient as possible in your day. And you like to have the kids around the facility just because, you know, that's how you develop uh, relationships and camaraderie, but also you kind of are able to keep tabs on your players as well when they're young, when you don't have, you know, maybe don't have the, uh, all the trust in them. So, but really, really cool. And it's just going to keep evolving. All these facilities are, you know, and probably 20, I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go next. They need a new, new one in 20 years because there's not much more real estate around Memorial Stadium to keep on expanding. We'll have to take down Old Father or something like that here soon <laughs> if they, they're going to, the, you know, expand uh, into the East Stadium. So, but I'm glad it was getting done. You know, it was getting close to crunch time, and I know there's still uh, uh, a few weeks till the first home game. But I, I know it's that's cool. It's fun to be a part of and be that first that first team that gets to use the new facilities, and and I hope it. You know, I hope it equates to a few more wins too.
1: Jay Moore is with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Big red wrap up, Jay. Uh, another season for you and uh, another new coach and season to, to follow along. I know folks will be able to catch you and the crew on Tuesday nights.
5: Yep, first show August 29th. Looking forward to it. Uh, myself and Michael Severe and Damon Benning and Sean Callen, the usual crew that's been rocking and rolling for the last, you know, three, four years now. So it's just a new era of Nebraska football. And I just. I'm, I'm looking forward to you know having some something new to talk about and hopefully, like I said, more wins because it just seemed like in the years past you could have switched out. You know you could have taken the recording from the previous week and just somehow dubbed over Indiana with Northwestern or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like it was the same old issues uh, week in and week out, unfortunately. But I think some uh, brighter days are ahead for this program and I'm going to be looking forward to talking with, uh, with uh, you guys and, and Michael and, and Damon on bigger wrap-up as well.
1: Jay Bird, have a good week, and thanks for giving us a few minutes again.
5: Yep, you got it. Thanks, boys.
1: Good to spend time with Jay Moore. Hail Varsity Radio, Blackshirt, Husker, NFL, or the Blackshirt Hour, winding down uh, with Jay and Charlie McBride. Catch both of them, if you uh, didn't catch all of it, on the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Easy for you to hit subscribe and download Hail Varsity Radio and do so on those platforms, the video Up uh, just few just mere moments after the show is done, on the Hail Varsity YouTube channel. So can check the show out video form and the replay always up on the Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed at H Radio. Give that a follow. Some thoughts on Harbaugh's suspension when we wind it down next on Hail Varsity. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, tomorrow on the show, we'll catch up with Mitch Sherman. Lars Anderson going to join us on the program and a busy uh, list of guests for the rest of the week as we uh, get closer to the trip to Minnesota and Goldiland. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence. If you uh, missed any part of the Chinese food discussion, uh, that was pretty prevalent in our one. So, uh, good luck with that. Uh, We've got a winner. (laughs) Me and Junior do for uh, Chinese uh, feedback time after church on Sundays. Excited about that. Jim Harbaugh uh, and Michigan self-imposing a three-game ban for Harbaugh. So, that's Michigan's response. Issues still unresolved with the NCAA. It looked like a four-game suspension was going to be handed down, and then somehow the brakes were slammed on that by the NCAA. The three-game self-imposed suspension by Michigan and Harbaugh, pretty indicative of how severe these penalties could be for the uh, the head Michigan coach. He will be able to coach during the week, but not on game day Saturday against East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. He'll be back unless things are tweaked. Uh, for Rutgers and then before Michigan comes to Lincoln for that 11 a.m. kickoff. I missed a
2: little bit of this because uh, I might be deserving a, a raise after this when I was just taking a phone call and didn't recognize the call on the other end. So I'm like, all right, let's 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 see what they want to talk about. And he says, well, I want to talk about Donald Trump and his indictments. And I said, I don't think you got the right radio show here. And uh, he was he was mistaken in his number. He wanted to talk to a different radio station than us. And I'm mm-hmm. like, he said, what are you guys talking about right now? And I said, Husker football. And he goes, Oh, no, that's not the right show, and he hang, yeah. hangs up. So I well, just, thanks
1: I for listening. Yeah, Elijah Herbal here earning his paycheck. 489-1240. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, and, you know, you've got, at least locally here on KFOR, you can uh, check us out in the morning, 6 to 9, KFOR Morning News. There's plenty of indictment talk there. And then, of course, Dan Bongino at 11, locally here in Lincoln. Anyway, I know we're on several different spots across the state, so forgive that little self uh, shout out. But yeah, we're we're hitting football uh, right now. That's that's where we're at. I'm trying to find to a, a
2: funny little analogy for indictments in football, and it's not coming to me right
1: well, now. Well, I mean, we're, we're just we're talking Michigan and self indictment by by Jimbo and the university, and Thanks. that's that's their answer. All right, you didn't like the four, fine, we'll do three ourselves, and uh, let you sort it out. This is your make or break for Jim Harbaugh. Because he stomps off to the NFL after this year if the NCAA comes down on him hard, first and foremost. Uh, you need to get over the hump this year and get to a championship game. Okay, mm. You've been there twice to the playoff, and you have another squad that's good enough to do it. You heard Coach McBride talk about Blake Corum and how good a back he is with uh, what Michigan has in that backfield and the offense and defense all phases of football. Uh, you've conquered the Dragon in Ohio State. You're in their head, and the pressure's been flipped. It's now on them to not lose a third straight game. So uh, this is this is it, because if, if Harbaugh gets to another playoff, puts a title run together, or at least gets to the title game appearance, and he's over putting up with the NCAA. They've hopped over, over Ohio State. The question this year is, can they hop over Georgia? Well, if and you would think Georgia gets there. Talk to you at four tomorrow. Thanks.
2: A Huda Media Production.